afternoon and welcome to Missing Pieces. We're in day 10 of the series of the genealogy of Christ. And today we're going to be talking about Judah. Now in Judah, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven chapters in the seven, eight, nine chapters in the book of Genesis. Um, I'm going to be skimming through this so that we can get to the main content. Um, let's begin at Genesis chapter 29, and it's going to be, let me see what the verse is going to begin at. Begin at verse 31 through 35. And when the Lord saw that Leah was neglected, he opened up her womb, but Rachel was unable to conceive. And she conceived again, and she gave birth to a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. Then Leah stopped bearing children. Chapter 37. And Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And these are the family records of Judah. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended the sheep with his brothers, and the young man was working in the sons, working with, excuse me, the sons of Biliah and Zilphab, his father's wives, and he brought uh, he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons, because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. And he made a long sleeve robe for him. You see, back in the day when they wore different robes, they were made with beautiful material and, and different items that were sewn on it. And it gave an idea of, excuse me, not an idea, but it gave the mention of prominence, who was prominence in that time. And when his brothers saw that their father loved them him more than his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. And then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even the more. Now chapter 41, and Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Joseph left Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout the land of Egypt. Chapter 42, the sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was in charge of the country's grain supply, and he sold it to all its people. And his brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. And Joseph saw his brothers, and he recognized them. Chapter 43, a decision to return to Egypt. Now the famine in the land was severe. And when they had used up the grain they had brought back from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us little food. Chapter 44. Now Joseph commanded 
his steward, fill the men's bag with as much food as they can carry and put each one's silver at the top of the bag and put my cup, the silver one, at the top of the youngest one's bag, along with the silver for his grain. Joseph knew that that was his family. Chapter 45, then Joseph said to his brothers, please come next to me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. Verse, excuse me, chapter 49. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the necks of on the necks of your enemies. Your father's son will bow down to you. And Judah is a young lion. My son, you return from the kill. He crouches, he lies down like a lion, or a lioness who dares to rouse him. And that is the reading of God's word. Now, throughout the Bible and throughout the story of Joseph, the Bible always, you know, mentioned Joseph. But this time, we're going to detour and we're going to talk about the life of Judah. And Judah happens to be one of the sons of Jacob by his wife, Leah. Through Judah, we, you, we would come to know that there is a powerful line of kings, a nation in its own right, in the salvation of the world. In the first account of Judah, you, you see that there is no signs of any uh, um, wonders or anything that will even come out of that line of Judah. But Judah becomes an example of repentance and redemption. And he becomes like an image of the ultimate redemption that was to come. So let's dive into Judah. So in the perfectly crafted emotional speech before the king of Egypt, Judah manages to move his powerful adversary to the point of revealing that he really is trying to repair the fracture family of Jacob. And in this precise function, his idea of uniting the people of Israel, which, is, which happens to be the most important criterion for the leader of this emerging nation, I mean, this nation is huge, and one that will come as a Messiah. Now, Israel will never, never be able to um, unite the world unless it first unites itself. Have you heard the story or the mention that you can't love somebody else if you don't know how to love yourself first? So you got to understand that this is a crucial element of Jewish leadership. You, uh, we will never, ever understand why the patriarch 
Jacob sent his son Joseph into the lion's den to seek the welfares of his, of his brothers. And although he had pronounced Joseph the heir, apparently by presenting him with this beautiful cloak of many colors. And let me tell you, it was a very beautiful coat. And the symbol of it means that it is supposed to combine and unite itself with the many different hues and the attitudes and the ideas that Jacob was painfully aware of the deep divide within his family and how Joseph's arrogance and dreams of domination, Jacob knew all of that. However, Jacob sends Joseph as an agent and that's the, the, the Hebrew word for that is Shaliah, to look after the peace of your brothers. And that's in Genesis 37, 13 and 14. So that he could unite them through his concern of the well of their welfare. Now, Jacob, how can I say this? Jacob set the stage for the division. It was Jacob who set the stage of the division of the family because he, he, he expressed favoritism. He expressed Joseph's mission, which had fallen. And then he expressed his um, thoughts of his brother because they decided that they were going to outcast the brother and first throw him in a pit. But then they said they weren't going to do that. And, but yet they exiled him into slavery through the Egyptian company. Um, now, the most dominant and influential of all the brothers, it was Judah. Yeah, Judah prevented Joseph's life from ending in a deadly deserted pit. And that's when he said, no, let's sell him into, let's sell him to, into slavery, into Egypt. Now, this story will continue, but it also began to deteriorate because the, the, the further and further away that Joseph and Judah was, there was no way that there was gonna be any type of brotherly love or any type of unification. And it happened at the time that when Judah went down away from his brothers, and that was in Genesis 38.1. Now, Judah, eventually, he takes on a Canaanite woman to wife. And it was against Abrahamic laws for them to take on a Canaanite woman, but he did. And with whom he fathered, he eventually fathered three sons. And they were Ur, Onan, and Shelia. That's S-H-E-L-A-H. Now, Ur, he married Tamar. But he died without giving Tamar any children. And so back then, it was customary for the brother to marry the widow so that they can provide for her 
and give her financially security and also give her a child who will bear the name and receive the inheritance of that deceased brother. However, Onan, he refused to provide his brother with, um, uh, 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 he, he, he said he was not going to marry the wife and he was not going to give her a seed. He said that. And so then Onan, he dies without having any type of inheritance. And so Judah refuses to give Tamar his third son, Shelia. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he gave as his reason that Shelia is too, he was too young. And now Judah is left without an heir and having raised sons who lack sibling responsibility. And it was because Judah broke the Abrahamic covenant. And that's why at that moment, he was left without any heir. Now, Tamar, <laughs> she was so anxious to produce Judah's family a line and some offsprings um, because of her deceased husband decided that they didn't want to, to, to leave any seed. They were selfish. They didn't want to do it. So then she poses as a harlot, a prostitute, and she seduces Judah and becomes impregnated by him. And when the widow Tamar is seen to be pregnant, she was about to be killed. So Judah took on the responsibility declaring that she is more righteous than I am because she understood that it was important to have the line or lineage and inheritance. Now, why in the world did Judah sleep with a prostitute? And why in the world did God allow that to happen? Let's keep going. So from there, Tamar birthed two sons, one who was called Perez, who happens to be the ancestor of Boaz, who together with Ruth will be the grandparents of David, who is the um, in the lineage of the Messiah. So now, when Judah thought Tamar was a prostitute, he had given her the pledge of responsibility. He gave him his signet ring, his cloak, and his staff. Basically, he was co-signing for Tamar. But when she returned these items to him, he finally recognized that she is more about the family lineage than anything. And so he began to continually support her. But when Jacob was frightened, let's go back. We're going to step back. And now we're going to talk about Jacob. Jacob did not want to send his other son, Benjamin, to, uh, to the king to get more grain. And 
that's when Judah stepped up to become a man. He said that he would take his his brother's place rather than have his family go without. Now, if you remember, Judah was very selfish. He was a selfish man and he birthed selfish sons. Now, if you go into the book of Obadiah, it tells us about the ancient sibling rivalry. And it was written after the Babylonian invasion of Judah in 586 BC. But the the rivalry began with Isaac's sons, Jacob and Esau, because Esau was kicked out and they worshiped Jacob. And so Jacob grew up to father the 12 tribes tribes of Israel, while Esau fathered the nation of Edom. Now, their rivalry continued throughout the history of these two nations. And when Israel came out of Egypt, Edom denied them passage through their land. So you had to, in order to get back to Israel, you had to go through Edom. And because of that, they denied them passage through their land. And years later, David conquered Edom. But yet and still Edom aligned themselves with Babylon and joined the Babylonian invasion of Judah. Now, Edom did not fulfill their brotherly duty. And because of this, Obadiah prophesied their destruction because of their great pride in themselves, because of their location, the strength, the wealth, and the allies, and the wisdom blinded them from their brotherly duty to protect Israel. This is something I'm telling you. God gave me this, and I'm telling you, I was in shock, and I'm kind of spacey right now. Because when Babylon attacked Jerusalem, Edom was there to kill any would-be escape. Now, if you notice in verse 15, he declares that the day of the Lord is near for all nations. And the prophecy isn't just for Edom, but all whose sinful pride causes them to harm their brother or stand alone in their time of need. When you see that your brother or your sister is in a time of need and you don't do nothing, that pisses God off. I'm sorry, let me, I didn't mean to say it like that. But that upsets God. Because you know what? Pride can dangerously deceive us into thinking that we have done something ourselves without the help of God. And when you think like that, that you have accomplished something for yourselves and you look down on the less fortunate and you blame them for where they are, pride will isolate you from each other. Now, the fourth son despised wife, Jacob declared, Judah, your brothers shall praise you because Judah is like a lion's cub from the prey you have gone up. Wow. And that's in Genesis 49, 8. 
Now, this verse affirms what the Bible had implied through the story of Judah's life. He grew up in one circumstance, but by repenting and turning from his youthful wickedness, he grows to surpass his brothers in their father's eye. You can grow up and be a part of some circumstance or some situation, but when you repent and you turn around and you figure out and you become sick and tired of being sick and tired, you can be the one. As a matter of fact, you are the one. Just because you grow up in a, circum a situation or a circumstance, that don't mean that you got to stay there. So Jacob says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Genesis 49.10. This blessing predicted how the rightful line of God's anointed kings would come from Judah and David. And it also speaks to the eternal kingdom and the eternal king, Jesus Christ. Wow. Whose scepter will always reign. In fact, one of Judah's twin sons, Perez, by Tamar, would become the next in line that will culminate in the birth of Jesus Christ. Wow. You know what? Judah's life is an example of how God can transform us, can, excuse me, can transform and use anybody for his purpose. He used a donkey. He can use me. Whoever's listening, whoever this is for, it's all for his purpose. Now, Judah was an unimportant son who grew into a callous teenager and a poor father. But God used his sinful and lustful act of sleeping with a woman he believed to be a prostitute to convict him of his unrighteousness. Wow. And then I asked that question earlier. Why would God allow Judah to sleep with a prostitute? Not only did that act began the line of Christ, but it is the moment that Judah became a godlier man. And no man is beyond God's reach, beyond God's hope. And through Judah's descendant, mankind has the promise of salvation and everlasting life. We thank God for Judah. For everything that he has gone through. It is important to understand the lineage and the genealogy of Christ. These people are just like us. We are not perfect and they were not. They did what they wanted to do, or at least what they thought was right. And God took that thing and turned it around. And that's what God wants to do with your life today. He wants to turn your situation around. Give him the opportunity 
to take the helm of your life and give you every blessing that you have desired and you have prayed for and you have seen in your dreams. Allow God the opportunity to change the entire course of your life. Because you know what? Judah was his brother's keeper. <laughs>